Hey, you have the absolute best pastor in the world, and uh, there is nothing, nobody like Miles that can preach and talk with his hands at the same time. And, uh, but anyways, he is a, a friend. He is a, a big brother I never had. And I want to take this time on Father's Day to honor the man of God of this house. So can we put our hands together and honor Pastor Miles right now. God bless you, sir. If you're watching, God bless you. We want to also give a big shout out to all your campuses, Point Loma, San Ysidro, City Heights. San Marcos, East County, all your microsites and your online campus. Come on, can we give them a big round of applause right now? God bless you. Thank you so much. Well, hey, we're going to remain standing. Open up your Bibles. I, I, I like to stand when I read the word because, you know, if the president walked in or a king walked in, how many know it's, it's customary to stand up? to honor, and how many know the King of Kings is here today, amen? And so we're going to stand our feet, open up your Bibles if you can to the book of Joshua, and as you're doing that, um, I'm so blessed to have two children myself, my beautiful family is right here, you can see that my wife married up, and um, no, I'm joking, but these are my, my two beautiful children, my daughter, the doctors told us um, we would never be able to have children and um, I remember we were going to try to do everything we can. And, and God spoke to us and said, instead of paying to do in vitro and all those things, um, give a seed to our building fund. And we did. And 30 days later, my wife got pregnant. And, um, and so my daughter is a miracle and my son is an oops. <laughs> and uh, Father's Day, a few years ago, I wanted to dedicate him. I lifted him up in front of the whole church. It was a very special moment. And, uh, but he needed to look, you know, dress nice, look fresh and everything like that, you know. So my family, we wear skinny jeans. As you can tell, some of you are already checking me out, okay. <laughs> and, you know, we wear skinny jeans. I don't wear no socks because I'm from Palm Springs. And um, anyways, my son, they couldn't put his skinny jeans on because he had his diaper. So... I just wanted it for the moment, so I said, well, take off his diaper, put his skinny jeans on, bring him up. You already know where I'm going, huh? <laughs> and so in front of the whole church, campuses, I lift him up, as the Bible says, to dedicate your son. And next thing you know, I got anointed by him. <laughs> and that's my Father's Day story. There it is. Joshua, chapter 3, the book of Joshua, chapter 3, we're in a series on the presence of God. And here's what it says. It says, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, in other words, you haven't been there, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the spirit of revelation. Give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. God, I pray you give us a mind to perceive, a heart to receive all that you have. And I ask that after this message, we will never, never be the same. In Jesus' name. And all the people who came to the 10 o'clock service and watching online say amen. Well, before you see it, give someone a high five and say you wish you looked as good as me. Come on, you wish you looked as good as me. Pastor Miles started this series called In the Presence. 
And today I kind of want to piggyback on that to give you some insight and I believe some foresight so that you'll never have to live your life in hindsight. And in some sense, what's going to happen is, is that you're going to learn today what God has for you. And really, is what God has for you is, is what he wants to work through you. I love the book of Joshua because it gives us this, this clear illustration of what walking in the presence of God looks like. The Bible continues in Joshua and it says this, it says, so the people, they left their camp and they crossed the Jordan and the priest who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. So the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them and it was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing and it was overflowing and its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant or the presence of God touched the water at the river's edge, the water above at that point began backing up in a great distance away in a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that the point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant or the presence of God stood on dry ground, watch this, in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So, so here's what was happening, that God instructed Joshua to take the presence of God. And I'm going to take you to a place your parents were called but never got there. They were promised but they never made it. You see, the word presence in Hebrew means this. It means panim, which means the facial expressions of God. It's his face. So many Christians today land up staying stuck in the wilderness because we're, face, because we're seeking the hand of God. Like in other words, God, what can you give me? Give me, give me, give me because my name is Jimmy. God, I need something. And the problem is, is that we're not facing the face of God. The reality is, is that everybody in this room watching online and all the campuses, you are all facing something today. You're facing an issue at your job. You may be facing financial situations. You may be facing an issue in your body. You may be facing some, some marital things in your life. You're facing something and this is the problem. The problem is, is that we have our face in the wrong place. If I'm facing my problems, I'm going to be overwhelmed by my problems. If I'm facing situations, I'm going to be overcome by the situations. The only thing God ever told us to face was his face. Because if I'm facing his face, then I'm facing the presence of God. It does not negate the fact that I'm naive to what's going on around me. It's the fact that I don't want to focus on what's going on around me because I want to focus on the face of God. And the face of God is the presence of God. Come on, can I get a witness there? So watch this. Say this with me. The face of God is the presence of God. Come on, say it like you mean it, like you had two cappuccinos this morning. The face of God is the presence of God. See, as long as Peter had his face on Jesus, he can do the impossible. But as soon as he took his face and he faced the winds, that's when he began to sink. Can I tell you something? There is something powerful when you and I 
put our face in the right place. And that is the presence of God. When you think of Joshua, we can all relate to him because Joshua is not just a foreshadow of Jesus' life. But it was also a foreshadow of what our life would look like. The first chapters of Joshua, Joshua's chapter 1 through 5, God is preparing Joshua. In other words, you never have manifestation without preparation. Just like John, John was Mr. Preparation. He prepared the way of the Lord. And one day, Mr. Preparation looked up and saw Jesus, who was Mr. Manifestation, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who cometh to take away the sins of the world. It was the first time that preparation saw manifestation. And this is why Jesus, one day, who's Mr. Manifestation, said this about Mr. Preparation. He says, those who reject John have rejected me. In other words, if you reject preparation, you'll abort manifestation. And so what you have to understand, what you have to understand is that you're not going through anything just to go through something. James tells us that when it comes to trials and tribulations, that they're not actually working against you, but they're actually working for you. This is why you walked into a problem and came out with more faith. This is why you walked into a situation and walked out with a greater revelation of Jesus, which lets you know that it's not working against you, it's actually working for you. And so you don't go through something because God's mad at you. You're going through something because God's trying to get something to you. How would you ever know if he was the God of salvation if you were never lost? How would you ever know he's the God who provides all your needs if you were never broke? How would you ever know he's Jehovah Rapha that heals your life if you were never sick? Your problems are not going against you. Your problems are working. They're working for you. And and so... And so the reason why we go through preparation is because God has to prepare you before he propels you. Like, like in other words, you got to go through preparation. And, and, and Joshua, very similar to Jesus. Joshua's leader failed him, Moses. Jesus' leader or Jesus' Adam failed him. And so when Joshua comes in the scene, what does God tell Joshua? As I was with Moses, so will I also be with you. Be strong and be very courageous. He didn't give him an anointing. He gave him affirmation. When Jesus got baptized, after not hearing his daddy's voice for 30 years, comes up from the Jordan River, the the skies open up, the dove, the Holy Spirit ascends like a dove, and the voice of God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased with. In other words, I'm pleased with him, not by what he's going to do, but by who he is. That's called affirmation. The first thing God gives you and I is affirmation. And here's why. Because if we walk around with affirmation, we're not going to look for acceptance and affirmation approval. People who are, who are looking for acceptance and approval is a sign they're not walking around with affirmation. This is why you have a generation today that's being raised up and they're being raised up finding acceptance and approval. They try to find it in relationships and friendships. The reason why is because affirmation is absent in their life. See, when you're affirmed, you can do the impossible because you don't care what anybody else thinks. Because at the end of the day, Jesus was sitting there and his disciples saying, don't, don't heal nobody on the Sabbath. And he's like, why? They need it. Mom is supposed to sit there and say, hey, sorry about that. Wait till tomorrow because it's not the Sabbath. Come back and I'll heal you. He was like, no. And his disciples were afraid. 
And the reason why they were afraid, because they kept on saying, the people are going to get mad at you. The people are going to get mad at you. And Jesus says, I don't care about the people. I've been affirmed by the Father. As long as I got affirmation, I don't need acceptance and approval by nobody else. And so you and I, the first thing God gave was affirmation. Joshua chapter 1 through 5. And once he brought him through preparation or preparing, he moved him into Joshua's chapter 6 and chapter 12 to conquering. And this is when Joshua started to take territory because at the end of the day, yours and I responsibility once we are prepared is to go into the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from us. The, what we're supposed to do is take territory. You ought to wake up every morning businessmen and saying, I'm taking that territory. I'm grabbing that territory. I'm grabbing that territory because the Bible says, whatever my feet shall tread upon shall be mine. That's what God told Joshua. And what we got to understand is that God takes you from preparing to conquering. And here's why. Because in order to be trusted, you have to be tested. You're not going through tests just to go through tests. You're going through tests to see if God can trust you. Ford puts out a car. Before they can put it on a lot, they have to put it through a test. And then if it doesn't pass the test, what do they land up doing? Taking it back to the plant readjusting it and then all of a sudden they take it back it goes through a test how was it that the children of Israel what was supposed to take them 11 days took them 40 years because every time a test came they failed it and every time you fail a test you got to repeat the assignment some of you are one assignment away from your promotion you got to stop failing the tests and so you have to be tested to be trusted. And so God takes you from preparing to conquering. Because in order for you to go through something, you got to get something. So when I'm going through something, I'm not going through it just to go through it. I'm getting something. There's something on the other side that I'm oblivious to. But yet the promotion is there. Think of, think of, think of, uh, of Abraham. Abraham, take your son, your only son, in whom you love. That's a real sacrifice. Because I mean, no, most of us negotiate with God. We're like, God, I don't want to give you an Isaac, but I'll sure give you my Ishmael. <laughs> we do it all the time, especially with tithes and offerings. Here's $5. That's an Ishmael. You want, you want to give an Ishmael, but you want an Isaac blessing. It don't work that way. Oh, I'm going to go deep today because I ain't going to be here next week. And so, and, and so Isaac, Ish, I mean, Abraham is taking his son, Isaac, on one side of the mountain. But what he did not know was that the provision was on the other side of the mountain. And every time he took a step on one side, his provision took a step on that side. If he would have stayed there, his provision would have stayed there. And then he would have wondered, God, where's my provision? And God says, you haven't been moving. What you don't realize is that you're not going through something just to go through something. You're going through something because there's something on the other side that you cannot see. But as soon as you get to start moving, so does your provision get to start moving on the other side. Come on, am I talking to somebody? So look what God does. He takes Joshua from preparing to conquering. 
And then in Joshua's 13 through 24, into prospering. So preparing, conquering, prospering. Look at Jesus. His first 30 years, preparing. Three and a half years, conquering. And now at the right hand of the Father, prospering. Come on, he takes your life through the same pattern. Preparing, conquering, prospering. And so here's the instruction that God gave Joshua. He said, Joshua, here's what I want you to do. You're going to cross the Jordan because your parents crossed the Red Sea. That was their miracle. You need your own. Some of you were just little small babies when da- mommy and daddy brought you through the Red Sea. And you, didn't have, you couldn't experience it, so you don't have faith for it. So the same miracle I gave to them, I'm going to give it to you. Because you need faith for the next. And so what happens? He says a clear instruction. Here is the Ark of the Covenant. Let's just say this is the Ark of the Covenant. He says, this is the panim. This is the presence of God. This is the face of God. The ark of God is what? The presence of God. Come on, the ark of God is the presence. And so, and so he said, now, here's the ark, the presence of God. Here's the panim. Here's the face of God. I want you and the people to stand at a distance. Matter of fact, 3,000 feet. But on the other side of the ark was the Jordan, the impossible. But then, on the other side of the Jordan was Canaan, the promised land. So notice, the abundance, promised land. The impossible, the Jordan. The ark, the presence, and then you. Notice what God didn't say. He didn't say, focus on the Jordan. He said, keep your eyes on the presence. Follow the presence. Because it will go somewhere you've never gone. And so all of a sudden, their eyes are on the face of God. They're not facing the Jordan. They're facing the presence. Because if your face is facing the Jordan, which is the impossible, you're going to be overwhelmed and eventually overcome. And that's when it gets tricky. Because at the end of the day, you sit there and you complain, I can't believe I'm going through all this stuff. No, you're going through it. You're not staying there. You're going through it. But, but the reason why you sit there and you go, I can't believe it. I feel so overwhelmed. You're not overwhelmed by what's around you. You're overwhelmed by what's around you, but you're not overwhelmed by what's in front of you. You're not meant to live a life to be overwhelmed by what's around you. You're meant to live your life as an overcomer in Christ Jesus. And how do I do that? By following the presence of God. Stop focusing on your problems and start focusing on the, pro- on the blessing, on the face of God. Listen, all God wants your face in is in his face. And stop saying, I'm facing all these problems. You are. Because your face is in the wrong place. 
just start saying, I'm facing the presence of God. And what's around me are problems, but I don't care because my God is for me. Who could be against me? And so, and so they, were, they were facing the presence of God at a distance. Watch this. But on the other side was the impossible. On the other side of the impossible was the abundance. And God told Joshua, this is what he said. Have the men take the presence first. And the men took the ark. And the Bible says as soon as they took the presence of God into the Jordan, the Jordan obeyed it. It split right in half. Jesus walked on water because the water obeys him. Jesus spoke to the winds and the winds stopped because the winds obey him. Listen, if you want to take the impossible and make it the possible, follow the presence. Take the presence where it needs to go. Because if the presence goes before you, then what's impossible becomes possible. And what happens? What you got to realize is that number one, here's the number one, here it is in your outline. Number one, here it is, number one, is that the presence of God always leads you to the promises of God. The presence of God always leads you to the promises of God. As long as I'm focused on the presence, it's going uh, to lead me to the promise. If I'm focused on the, prem- uh, the, the presence, it's going to lead me to the promise. Here, here's the thing. What you see is what you get. If I see negativity, I get negativity. If I see trouble, I get trouble. If I see pain, I get pain. If I see hurt, I start feeling hurt. But friends, when you start seeing the presence of God, what you see is what you get. And if I start seeing the presence of God, I sense the presence of God. I feel the presence of God. And if I can sense the presence of God and feel the presence of God, then I can walk in the presence of God. Because the presence of God leads you to the promises of God. Now watch this. They were following the presence. And while they were following the presence, they were going to move out of something into something. In other words, God never calls you out of something unless he already has it in mind to bring you into something. That's you, bit like, like I had to get rid of my boyfriends because... He got someone better. Hang on, close that door and not have a better one waiting for you. He took you to Taco Bell. <laughs> like, I'm just so glad that he took me to Taco Bell. Baby, you deserve someone to take you to Ruth Chris. Can I get an amen, all you women? Man, you like, dang, you're going to make me broke. <laughs> Look what happened. God takes him out of Egypt where they were slaves, brings them into the wilderness, and they're beggars. And then he moves them into the promised land, which is abundance. We all came from Egypt, a place called sin, because we were slaves. We're in the wilderness, and we beg. And then God brings you to the place of abundance where you just receive. 
Some of us are trying to get to the promised land with the beggar's mentality. Faith doesn't beg. It receives. That's what it does. And we have a slave mentality like, oh, God, if you would just bless me. If. If. Like if your father on earth wants to give you good gifts, then how much more does your father in heaven want to shower you with some blessings? Like if, God, if you would just get me out of the, if I will get you out of this situation, I'm your father. Get rid of that beggar's mentality. And so he, he's, he's having them follow the presence because they're going somewhere they've never been. Just like you and just like this church and all the campuses are going somewhere you've never been. And if God is taking you somewhere you've never been, you got to follow his presence. Business people, God's going to take your business where it's never been. How do I know what to do when I get there? Follow his presence because his presence gets there before you. And so what happens? The presence went before them. And when they opened up the Jordan, the Bible says, they went into the promised land. They went into the promised land, and they were going to conquer a city called Ai. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, in that city was a bunch of gold, silver, and bronze. So, the abundance, the impossible, the presence, then you. I'm about to give you something. Are you ready for it? Campuses, are you ready for it? I'm going to help you. It's going to give you a breakthrough. Here it is. None of you in this place and those watching, you don't make money. I knew you'd get quiet. Because you go around and you go, oh, I'm making money. No, you don't make money. You inherit money. Because the money is already there. The money, the silver and the gold, it was already in AI while they were still in Egypt. They didn't make money. They inherited money. None of you make money. Because some of you business people looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay, can I go deeper? I said, can I go deeper? I'm going to prove to you why you don't make money because we are creative beings created by the creator to recreate. Let me rewind that again. We are creative beings created by the creator to recreate. The first time God ever introduced himself, he never introduced himself as the God of love or the God of peace or the God of joy. He introduced himself as the God who's the creator. In the beginning, God created. So he is the creator who created us to give us the ability to recreate. For instance, those of you in construction, you don't create wood. You recreate what's been created by a tree. And you're not the one that created a tree. For those of you in the farming business, you don't make filet mignon. You recreate it because God's the one who creates the cow. 
We can clone them, but we can't create them. And if you can't create, you don't own. So you can't go around and say, I make money. No, no, no. It was already there. You inherited it. His presence leads you to the promise. And you get it. See, let me just get you a little upset. Can I get you upset? I promise you I'll get you healed afterwards. The wealth that the children of Israel inherited was always in the wrong hands. That's why the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up in the hands of the just. You ought to get up every morning and say, somebody has my wealth that belongs to me, that God promised for me, because that's my inheritance that belongs to my life. And every day it should be your drive to sit there and say, I'm going to get back what the devil has stolen from my family, from my children, from my children's children. I'm going to get it back because it's been promised over my life. And so here's what happens. The Bible says that they went into AI and they, con- uh, they, 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 they were about to conquer. But here's the problem. This time around, they didn't follow the presence. They left the ark back at home. And the Bible says this in Joshua 7 verse 4, 7 verse 4 and approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated by the men of AI. I'll tell you why they were defeated, because it was simple. The presence didn't go before them. God rebukes Joshua, tells him to get the presence and go back. And he goes back. And I can tell you, every one of our battles that we've lost, there's always one component missing, the presence of God. And this is why he told us to go back. And when you went back, but this time you went with the presence, you conquered it. See, because at the end of the day, you don't lose your battles because the absence of God's power. You lose your battle because the absence of God's presence. It's why we lose them. And so as God told them to go back, they conquered the people of Ai. And here's what they did. They took the spoils and God said, hey, when you inherit all the gold and the silver, I want you to bring it to my house. That's what I want you to do. But there was a man by the name of Achan. And you know what Achan did? The Bible says this, it is true, I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I've done when I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and I looked and I took them. And they are hidden in the ground inside my tent where the silver was underneath. And here's what he did. He saw it, he coveted it, and he took it. He saw it, he coveted it, and then he took it. Watch this. He saw it, he coveted it, and then he took it. And guess where he took it? He took it to his house instead of bringing it first to God's house. Notice how it all started. He saw it, he coveted it, he took it. Because when you take your eyes off the presence of God... 
you will begin to covet things that were never supposed to be in your life. Matter of fact, when that God brings the abundance in your, in your life, it will overtake you if that's all you see. But as long as you see the presence of God and the presence of God and the presence of God, it doesn't matter how much abundance God brings your life, you're not moved by the abundance, you're still moved by the presence of God in Jesus' name. Come on, are you hearing me today? And here's what happened. He took the gold and silver and was supposed to bring it to God's house, but he took it to his house. The only other time that ever happened was with Ananias and Sapphira, the same thing. They took what was, belonged to God and they took it to their own house. Friends, it's not like God doesn't want to bring it to your house. It's just that the only reason why he wants you to bring it to his house first is because he just wants to make sure your eyes are still on him and not on what he's placed and allowed you to inherit. And that is why number two, as I close, the presence of God is where I receive the presence from God. The presence of God is where I receive the presence of God. A few days ago, my wife took me shopping since I would be here on Father's Day. She's like, go get you anything you want. I'm like, seriously? We're at Nordstrom's. She goes, anything you want. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, glad you saved up. <laughs> so, you know, I go and get me shoes and, you know, shoes are biblical for preachers. <laughs> Isaiah 52, 7, how lovely are the feet of them who bring good news. <laughs> I put on some shorts. I, 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 I got some shorts. I got a shirt. I said, honey, here's everything I've picked out. She looks at me, she goes, okay, go pay for it. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you got your gifts this morning and your wife was like, honey, happy Father's Day. You're like, yeah, thank me. <laughs> the presence of God, as I close, leads to the presence from God, that you're not going to go through preparation and conquering without him rewarding you. But when you get to that place of rewarding, here's all he wants to know. Can I trust you with it? Because I got more in store for you. Can I tell you that AI was this small? The southern region was this small? The northern region became this big, and then all of Canaan was like this. Isn't it amazing that God always starts off with small? Because those who are tested, he just wants to know if they can be trusted. And you know what he did? Here's what he told them to go back, and he says, go back now with the presence. And here's what he tells them. He says, you will destroy them as I destroyed Jericho and its king. But this time, you keep the plunder and the livestock for yourselves. Friends, it's all God wants. He's preparing you. He's going to teach you how to conquer. You're going to take territory. And then you're going to step into abundance. 
It happened to Jesus. It happened to Joshua. And it's going to happen for you. But where are you at? Where are you at in this process? Where are you, where have you got stuck? My son went with a friend, his parents a few days ago. He said, Dad, I, I need $20. Boy, are you seven years old. He said, no, I need $20. I said, listen, I'm going to give you five bucks. Dad, that ain't going to get me nothing. I'm like, I'm going to give you $5. He had no idea that I gave $20 to the lady that took him. And I told her, when he runs out, let him know. But I want you to make sure he stewards it right. So he goes and he's looking at all the toys over there and all he can afford, $5, was a Slurpee. So he buys a Slurpee and realizes he can't get nothing else. So they're getting ready to leave and the lady tells him, Judah, hey Judah, I have something for you. She pulls out a $20 bill. She goes, yeah, your dad gave this to me. Really? That means I can go buy a toy. She goes, Judah, you can do whatever you want. Well, he went by the toy area, back to the toy area, and he saw this little kid throwing a fit. Grandma was there, and she kept on telling him, I just don't have the money. I can't get it. I just don't have the money. And my son, my son, <laughs> looked at that little boy and says, what is it that you want? And he goes, I want that little toy right there. And he says, okay. And he goes to the grandma and hands her $20. And the grandma's like, no, 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 you don't have to do it. And my son goes, no, 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 I, I got to do it. Here, here's $20. Here's $20. Gives her $20. So my son comes home. And he tells me the story. Like, I'm, I'm like in tears. You're like, dad, at a moment. <sighs> and after he told me the story, I reached in my pocket. I was going to give him 100 bucks. <laughs> until I... I realized I didn't have a hundred bucks. But at that moment, something hit me as a daddy that my son can be trusted. And if he can, I didn't think about it. I didn't ponder it. Everything inside of me compelled to open up and give him more. Friends, you're being prepared so you can conquer. You're conquering so you can prosper. And at the end of the day, when he brings you to that place, you can't take the credit for it because you didn't make it. You inherited it. You didn't get there on your own. Your face was in the face of God. You weren't overwhelmed. You overcame. You weren't, you weren't there and you were lost. No, you were led. Friends, I'm believing that God is about to take some of you places 
you dreamed of. God is bringing you into a place that is already established, but he's waiting for your obedience. That you've been asking God, God, will you do this for me? And God says, it's already there. God, would you save my children? I already got it in the plan. God, will you increase my business? It's already there. A few weeks ago, one of my kings in my church, a big businessman, called me from New York. He's been in my life group. I've been teaching them this whole principle in Joshua that you don't make something, you inherit it. He was meeting with Wells Fargo, working on a deal. They've been working on it for two years. And he calls me up. And he says, Pastor Obed, you're not going to believe it. I said, believe what? I believe it. If it's good, I believe it. He says, I got the deal with Wells Fargo. $120 million deal. His words right out of his mouth were this. It was his next words. I inherited it. I said, exactly. Because it was already there. Are you hearing me today? If God can take you to a place as he's been preparing you so that you can conquer it, so that you can prosper, he's going to place it in your hands. As, as God places it in your hands, as he places it in your hands, can he trust you with it? I believe he can. Here's what I want to pray for today, and then I'm going to let the campus pastor come out because it's what I felt after the first service, I feel this so strongly on campuses. I feel this so strongly in my spirit. For those of you that know there's something there. Some of you are in the middle of a deal. Some of you have a dream and you're saying, Pastor Obed, I know it's there. Some of you business people, you've had these ideas. You've had meetings and it just seems like the door has not opened. But you know it's already there. I believe the reason why you're here today is because God wanted you to hear what has been said so that when he brings you into that place, you're not like an Achan and you take it to your tent. You bring the first back to God and then he'll bless the rest of your house. And if that's you today, I don't care where you're at. You're watching online, on campuses, on the count of three, that's you. And you say, Pastor Obed, I want to give God my hands. I've given him my heart. I've given him my mind. I need to give him my hands because I want my hands to be just as holy as my heart. And if that's you today and you say, Pastor Obed, that's me. I want to be trusted with what God has for me in the promised land. On the count of three, I want you to stand. One, two, three, wherever you're at. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet wherever you're at. I want to be trusted. That's what I want to do. Thank you, Lord. Come on. I want to be trusted. I want my business to be trusted. I want my career to be trusted. I want to be trusted with what you're going to place in my hands. Because I already know that it's not going to be that. I didn't make that. I inherited it. And because I inherited it, it's not mine. It belongs to God. I'm going to be trusted with this in my hands right now. I'm telling you, I feel God's presence right now. Here's what it is. Here's what we're going to do. I've done this in my church when I taught this year. And miracles are going to happen. Here's what it is. Here's what we're going to do. Every week, people dedicate their hearts. But today, we're going to dedicate our hands. And we're going to lift them up just like this. Because if God can trust Peter to find a fish with the gold coin in his mouth and him know exactly what to do with it, 
he could put and he can bring fish. He can bring people that have what it takes to take your business to the next level, to take your career to the next level. They are already assigned to you. God's waiting for you to show up. He's waiting for you to show up with holy hands. Come on, say this, say, dear Jesus, I repent for what I've held on to that didn't belong to me. I ask you to wash my hands with the blood of Christ. And today, as I lift up my hands to you, I dedicate them to you. And I ask you to trust me like you trusted Joshua and you trusted the prophets with what's on the other side. And I promise you, from this day forward, I will give you my first as you allow me to keep the rest. I dedicate my hands to you that whatever they touch from this day forward will prosper in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for a supernatural anointing over everyone's life that they keep their face in your face and you will lead them to the promised land in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people say amen. Come on.